You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hi, friends. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast, Therapy Thursday. I'm here with my friend, Dr. Lydia. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing good today, Dr. Lady. I'm excited for our talk. If you've ever experienced maybe low self-esteem, or as I like to call it, you don't really know your value, thinking of yourself down on yourself or self-negative talk, then today's podcast could help you or somebody that you love. What do you think, Dr. Lydia? Oh, I think it's so needed. Um, you know, it makes me think of like a cloudy day. It makes me think of when, um, you know, it's just a little overcast and clouds haven't made up their mind if they're going to rain or not. And, and it's just sort of a doom and gloom kind of day, you know, like that doom and gloom kind of mood. Like yeah. you feel like, oh, no matter what you do, it's just not going to be happy. And part of that feeling, sometimes we have a little voice inside our head that that feeling says, we may get some mixed messages, things that we maybe are not being so kind to ourselves or adding to whatever that doom and gloom is. Have you ever felt like that, Lisa? Yes. And I think that a lot of, I'm going to just go ahead and say women, although I'm sure men feel the same way, but I think a lot of women, especially stay at home moms, um, homeschooling moms, this, this, well, you know what? We can open it to everybody because everybody has been home more than usual and I yeah. think people feel disconnected. They feel lonely and you can tend to get a little down. And you're right. I don't think that the pandemic helped. I think it's, it's normal to have these cycles of feelings. Okay. And yeah, you brought up being a woman. That's very important because our hormones really do affect us. And sometimes right before our monthly cycle, we will get a little down and then poof, all of a sudden, here comes our little friend. That is a valid point. Being women, that helps. It doesn't hurt the situation, but we need to be prepared. Yes, being isolated at home didn't help during the, the pandemic either. I think it's important that we realize we're not made for isolation, that we realize that we were made to be in community. The pandemic sure didn't help that at all. I think the first step to realize is when you start to feel those feelings of doom and gloom or just a sad day, or you start to feel yourself like you fell into a hole. I think it's important that we, if you can't lift yourself up, at least don't make any decisions in those moments. Don't make any decisions that would take you further into that hole. Yes. I think that's why it's so important for us to be in touch with our own body and be self-aware what are we going through? What what are the feelings that I'm feeling? I just printed out a feeling chart for a friend of mine who's struggling finding ways to express what feelings she's feeling. And so I found this round chart that starts in the center. Do you feel happy, sad, angry? And then it spreads out from there and you can kind of like follow. I feel like this. Okay. And you can find the words to what you're feeling. Oh, that's great. Like I am statements. So she can yes. lead to IAM statements to identifying how she's feeling and then being able to communicate that to other people. Exactly. And even to yourself, mm -hmm. like I'm sometimes feeling frustrated and instead of saying, 
hey, I'm feeling frustrated right now. I need to give myself a little extra space. Then I'm barking at people and getting angry easily. And, you know, people are having to tiptoe around me because I'm not recognizing that I'm feeling that way. I'm just feeling uptight. But when I can recognize, hey, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling uptight right now, then I know and I can respond with a little more grace because I'm not feeling good today. But, you know, I think this is what you're asking me. And, you know, it helps us to process things easier. Yes. And it's so important to be able to identify what our triggers are. Okay. Because, you know, we were talking about hormones. We were talking about being females. And um, if we could recognize that that one day before we have our period, that, um, you know, we're going to feel down, then, then we know to expect that we know maybe to look at your calendar. If you're regular, put it down and know that the day before or a couple of days before you're, you're going to feel that way. So don't make any decisions when you're feeling like that. One way is, is to try to prevent or predict when these things are going to happen, when these low moments are going to happen. Another important thing is anniversaries, anniversaries of bad things. Okay. So if you know you lost, suffering the loss of someone, you're grieving, I can guarantee you that the whole first year is going to be a lot of ups and downs. And it's going to be the first day of every, of that first year without that person or that thing, or without that, whatever it is you're grieving. So the second year gets a little better, you know, the third year even gets better, but every time that anniversary comes around, it's, it's going to be rough. It's going to be yeah. tough. So that might be something to think about. Like that sure wouldn't be the day that you want to plan a, um, some, you know, to be around people yeah. and to be happy. You want to give yourself space to be able to grieve, give yourself space to be able to be emotional. It's okay to be emotional. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because, you know, I lost my mom when I was 26 and mother's day, even when I, you know, I had kids and I have, Mother's Day is a hard day for me. So mm-hmm. I then you feel guilty because you're like, you have these beautiful family. Be thankful for that and enjoy that and pour into them. But there's that little part of your heart that's missing because my mom is gone. And I want to, you know, for years I avoided them all anywhere around Mother's Day because everything becomes flowers and mothers and pe- the girls are, you know, you see the moms and with their, my friends with their moms and I'm happy for them but it just makes you recognize. And also I wanted to touch on something else you said about when you're going to get your cycle and you know your period. Guess what? Some of us haven't had that because you're in menopause. Yeah. And I want to say that it might even it might even I can say that once you're in menopause, I think I can speak for the vast majority of my personal friends. It's hard. You've been through some stuff. Your kids are older. You're not needed as much as, as when they were little and life kind of changes and you kind of settle in. And when all those hormones are gone, it's hard to be in a good mood all the time. (laughs) Sometimes you, it's a really a struggle to focus on the good things. And I think something that helps me is before I put my feet in the ground in the morning, I pray. And when I pray in the morning specifically, I think of three things that I can thank God for, for that day. You know, you woke me up and my kids all slept home safe last night, or, you know, you're meeting my needs. 
emotionally, spiritually, whatever that is, that outlook of gratitude tends to yeah. change your outlook of the day. You're right. And an attitude of gratitude is very good. And you're right, menopause, especially when you're first creeping into it, there is no pattern. You know, it's like a, a rediscovery of all these changes that are happening. Yes. And, and sometimes, you know, it can be scary, but whatever you can do to prepare or to think ahead or to get a better grasp on how you respond, I think it's so important to lean on on scripture, I'm going to tell you one that really helps me is be still, be still and know that I am God. That to me is so simple. And the other one too, is uh, this too shall pass. Sometimes I just will have to whisper that, so, that to myself, not even in my head. I have to whisper it like a little bit out loud Audibly, so, yes. yeah, so I can actually hear it, you know, because we are in temp sometimes in temporary situations and we feel like there's problems and then we decide to make a decision in the middle of the problem. And sometimes it's just be still know that I am God and this too shall pass. Yeah. And if you could just wait it out, just hang on. Well, I love that he tells us to be still. And then he tells us why we should be still. Like mm -hmm. he could have just said, be still, Hey, cut it out and be still, but he doesn't. He lovingly tells us, and know, remember, be aware that I am God. Which I think leads us to the question, when we're thinking about knowing your value, who defines your value? Where do you find your value at? If it's on social media, you're in big trouble. Oh, boy, you're and right And I would even that. say, if it rests in the hands of another person, mm -hmm. then oh. we're in trouble. How do you make that decision? How do you know where your value lies? Where do we begin, right? Well, first of all, if that thought, if that thing being whatever it is, where you place your value or find your value, if it was removed, if it was removed from you, would your value diminish? And a lot of people, we find our value or lack thereof in the words of people who don't value us. And if you are undervalued or whatever it may be for many years, or told you're not, or feel that you're not validated, then you think that's where low self-esteem comes from. We start thinking we're not good enough. The enemy wants to shame us and remind us of our problems, sin, failures. And here we end up thinking that we have no value. But mm. in Galatians 3.26, it says that you are all sons or daughters of God through faith in Jesus. I am a child of the most high God. We need to focus on that first. Are you a child of the most high God? Do you have a savior relationship with Jesus? That's a good question. And yes. I think that's a good place to, to kind of figure out, have discernment and wisdom is to figure out where that, those thoughts are coming from like where is the attitude of gratitude born okay we all have a tendency to go be more positive or be more negative but where where are those thoughts born where do they come from right right well the enemy wants to delete our value he wants to diminish our value because if he can isolate us and quiet us down if he can get us focused on ourselves our problems our issues 
then he can kind of nullify us for the work of God because we're going to think, how, how can God use me? I have no value. I have nothing to offer. But that's why I love Psalm 107 too. We are redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And the verse says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We're supposed to be reminding ourselves and others that we're redeemed by God, that our value, our price tag was placed on us by God. And our price was the very blood of Jesus. And God found it an acceptable price to pay. Well, how do you say that to someone who's not a believer? Well, I think, first of all, we just share what Jesus did. And it's so easy to say Jesus died for the whole world. But we need to recognize if you were the only person who would ever accept Jesus, he was willing to shed his blood for you. He was willing to be the sacrifice, take the punishment of your sin, because that's how valued you are. So then you're, the question stands, if, you're, if you don't have a salvation, if you don't have Jesus as your Savior today, what are you going to do with that information? Knowing that Jesus came for you, seeks you out, brought you to a podcast like this today, desires a relationship with you, and stands with open heart and open arms to welcome you into the family of Christ so that you can be a child of the Most High God, then how will you respond? That is a great question. What do you say to the people that are so feeling bad about themselves that they are still so in their own sin and they know it and they don't want to get out of it? You know, so how do you, how do you battle or how do you resolve that? How do you say, okay, I want approval, maybe, maybe even from God, I want approval, but how do I how do I make that choice between um, can I still be in my sin and be with God? That's a great question. I think for a lot of years, the church got it wrong. The church taught you clean yourself up and you come. And Jesus says, come as you are. And I will clean you up. I will, I will do the sanctification process, the process of making us more, look more like God. So if we, if you're going to wait until you're perfect to come to Jesus, well, I got news flash for you. There's nobody perfect. Nobody, not one, except for Jesus Christ. So the invitation again stands, come as you are. Let your heart lead you to Jesus. He stands calling your name. And you don't have to oh, I'll, I'll be a good person and I, I will um, give money and I will go and feed the homeless and then Jesus will take me. Those are like filthy rags. Those are like superficial sacrifices when they're born out of a place of earning salvation because salvation is never to be earned. It is a free gift of God. He says, come as you are, receive the gift, right? You don't pay for a gift. We don't go to somebody's birthday party and say, here's your gift. And they say, wait, let me write you a check. No, it's a, a gift. I came to offer it to you. I want to give this to you. So there's nothing we can do. There's no cleaning yourself up. I, I spoke to somebody yesterday. His name is Kyle. And Kyle was called the number one. No, he was called a single man crime spree in Hawaii. He was addicted to crystal meth. And he robbed, injured. I mean, he was not a good guy. He went to jail for 10 years. And now he's a believer. 
And he was saying he still struggles with finding his value because the people that didn't forgive him for the horrible things that he did remind him all the time of what he did. And he's like, I have to keep reminding myself that I am forgiven, that it's far from the West to the East. Here's this guy, broken, crystal meth addict, trying to put his life back together. Now he's traveling from Hawaii to the United States to talk to schools all over the place to tell kids, look, I was a normal kid who tried crystal meth one day and it ruined my life. And he was then redeemed by Jesus in the middle of jail. All that to say is his value, he's easily persuaded that his value is in what he's done. Instead of, listen, you've come to a new life. And it doesn't mean that the hurt and the people that you hurt in the past aren't there. I encouraged him to write letters and go back and revisit, you know, at, in a safe, respectful distance, but maybe write a letter and say, listen, I want you to know that I have regret. I have, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And I, I'm changed. And would you please forgive me? And I think that's a place where we can all kind of like, yeah, I've made mistakes, but I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to grow from it. I'm going to seek forgiveness from God and then from the people that I've hurt. And then I'm going to try to have a deeper walk with God so that he can continue to transform me in the person he wants me to be. I think that that is a tough spot. That That's all about like repentance and, you know, just coming to head with your decisions that you've made. And there will be consequences. Yes. But what about the person who is listening right now and says, oh, I just, I, I do want a relationship with God, but I don't know. I don't know that he that he would face me, you know, that he would want me, that he would think that this is, you know, look at all the things that I've done that I'm continuing to do that I really don't want to let go of, that this is just the choices I've made. We just have to remind them that Ephesians 2, 8, we are saved by grace through faith. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. And then do you desire to be a new person? Because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation and the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So translating that would be, come as you are, go to Jesus, he'll forgive you, and then he will help you with the sanctification process. Right. Whatever that means, you just have to be willing to make those changes. And I'm a firm believer. Believer that he will give you the desires of your heart and your, but that means that your desires will change. They will mm -hmm. no longer be of this world. Your desires will, will, you'll start to want what Jesus wants for you. And it's not a bad thing. And that may take, you know, some people it may take a year, other people it may take 18 years. It's a process. Yeah. And it's just reminded to leave the former things behind mm -hmm. and striving or reaching or pushing ourselves to the goal, which is heavenward closer to God, forgetting the past and rejoicing in hope and tribulation and being steadfast, being steadfast in where? In prayer, talking right. to God about it. That's the beginning of a relationship. You wouldn't have a relationship with your husband without talking to him. Right. For the millennials, let's say texting with them, them or DMing them, but it starts with communication. Mm -hmm. So if you're struggling finding your value, why not sit down and talk to God about it? Yeah. And then once you make that decision to accept Christ, you're given helper. That's the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's and right. the more you grow in Christ, the more mature you become, the more in tune 
you become with what the Holy Spirit is telling you, the more you listen to that voice, because it's still our choice. That's the beauty of it all. Even in psychology, there are stages of change where people are kind of thinking about it. They're not sure, you know, maybe put a lot of thought into it, but no action. And then maybe flirting with the idea of changing. But when you finally make a decision and you are ready and you're motivated and you set a goal, that's the same thing as you accepting Christ and then being motivated, being constantly motivated to move toward that goal, to become more Christ-like. And it's very important for you to be surrounded with like-minded people. But let me put a put kind of a, another twist to that too. When you're new in Christ, you want to be around like-minded people. Why? Because you, you want to learn. You want to you want to gleam from other people. You want to learn from other people who are like-minded. So you want to grow. It's kind of like when you, when I went to high school or junior high, I always looked at upperclassmen like, oh, okay. I wanted to be like them. You know, I wanted to, to strive to be like those who were, who were a little bit older than me. That's very important. It's okay to be with people who are not Christ-like as well. Okay. But that's when you are ready. That's when you are ready to be the light, be the salt, you know? So somewhere in the process, you're, you're going to be an example. And somewhere in the process, you're going to be the one looking for an example. It's yeah. just important to know and have that, that wisdom to know what role you're playing at what time. Yeah. And finding people that build you up and not yeah. tear you down. Finding people that help your inner voice to be a positive one. You know, if you're with somebody that is putting you down or maybe just passive aggressively throwing little little things at you little fingers yeah Mm -hmm. and then you go home and you're thinking what did they mean by that and is that me and am I like that and I think when we surround ourselves with people who are willing to pray for us and with us who are willing to believe and see the best in us you know, I always tell my kids, let's believe the best. If you're going to think the best in others, even if they've shown you otherwise, you can still guard your heart and believe the best in somebody else. So I think that is very, that is crucial in changing your mindset of finding your value, knowing who you are in Christ, surrounding yourself with people that see who you are in Christ, who see not only who you are today, but see who God is creating you to be. I think that's such a beautiful thing when you can get with some women of God that will pray with you and who can see the future. I remember one day, I have a friend of mine, Betty Miller, called me up and said, I'm coming over. And I was like, oh no, what did I do? And she's like, no, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay. So I prepared myself and she walked in the door and she hugged me and kissed me and sat down with me. And she said, this is who I see you as. And this is the calling God has on your life. And this is what God is preparing you for. Like, focus. Get with the game. You're, God's using you, girl. Like, come on. And I was like, wait, you're not, you didn't come to tell me something bad or negative or no, I came to tell you, I love you. And I see the work that God is doing in you. And, and I want to walk with you through that. That's the kind of people that we should all strive to be. Like find one person this week that you can just sit back and observe and say, you know what? I see you growing in this area. I see you maturing. I see you surrendering more. I see you less angry, less anxious and encourage that sister. You know, I'm famous for birthdays 
because if it's your birthday, I'm, I want to post about you. I want to post 500 pictures. I want to write every positive thing because with a world and an enemy that wants to tear us down, we are supposed to be women that build each other up, not with fluffery and, you know, uh, compliment, void compliments. No, I'm talking about like, I see that you are a prayer warrior. I see that you are loving and kind and I see Jesus in you. And that is, I mean, what better value can you have than for somebody to recognize that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of your heart? Oh, that's good. That's good to be that kind of a, an encourager. That's a gift. Yeah. Not everybody has that gift. Um, on the flip side, I think it's also good for you to recognize sometimes people use what's called projection. And in easy layman terms, just in people terms, projection is like when people kind of tell on themselves, you know, have you ever had someone say to you, you don't care about me, you think this about me. And, and you're like, what? Yeah, where in from? the world did you get that from? Yeah, well, you know where they got it from? Really, they're projecting. They're telling you, they're telling on themselves. That's how they feel about you. Right. Okay. And sometimes if you really love someone and they approach you like this, and especially if they approach you like this and you don't even know where it's coming from, uh, it can, it can feel almost like they guilt you into almost making you feel like, oh my gosh, have I done that? Have I really been like that with you until you have to do some real thinking and some processing yeah, and realize and think of examples. No, I have not done that. And, and you realize I think a lot of times people don't realize that God and the Holy Spirit, the helper he gave us, God in his infinite wisdom gave us this helper so that we can process those moments in time. And so that we can process and come out of it thinking, hey, that came from a place of hurt. That person came at me, attacked me verbally out of a place of pain and hurt even though the things that they were trying to put on me were not true, I have the Holy Spirit to help me figure out where that came from. Okay. And, and most of the time when you do pray to the Holy Spirit and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you, that helper, it will make things clear for you. He will clarify in your head and confirm to you where that's coming from. And sometimes we don't have to be the one to go and defend ourselves and say, well, there was uh, these three times that I didn't do that. And there were these four times that I didn't do that either. So, uh, so there, you know, sometimes people already have their mind makeup made up yeah. and they talk through their emotions and, you know, hurt people, hurt people yeah. if hurt. Sometimes they just want to lash out and hurt you too, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes it's better to just rely on the Holy Spirit, not only to help you get clarity, but to help you figure out, okay, how can I pray for that person? Exactly. Yes. That's what I was going to say. And also I have learned that the most, let me find the right word, the most vindictive people, people that are really vindictive, they're out with a vendetta to hurt you. I think there was a time that I would think, well, okay, the battle's on and you need, I need to know those people are the last ones you need to, I, I read a quote the other day and it said the best revenge 
is not needing revenge. Yeah, I think that um, when people lash out, there's a certain amount of pain and it's counterintuitive. You know, in your flesh, you want to defend yourself. In your flesh, you want to get back. In your flesh, you want to, you know, take a sword out and, and fight them back, you know? Right. But in the word, that's the real sword you should use. Yeah. You you have to use all of the other kinds of ways to fight back that aren't going to be worldly. Those ways are to pray. Those ways are to be in the word. Yeah. Those ways are to, uh, if you have to even fast and pray, yeah. you know, when you fast and pray, that's like, you know, that's like getting a direct line, a, an even stronger message to God, God so showing God this one, this is important. This one is really important. Help me out with this one. This one is really deeply important and God will show you what you need to do. Um, and it's important for us on that same topic to be open when a person wants to come and show us where we've failed them because when we become a person that person that they think is vindictive or they think people are not going to approach you but if you can be humble and examine your heart take responsibility for your part and just move forward in love then you're going to encourage people are going to see that and they're going to be willing hey you know the other day you were kind of short and you know i want to encourage those conversations usually i find Usually when people or myself are short, it's because we got other stuff going on. I'm, I'm worrying about three other people that are dealing with real life issues. And yeah, I saw you and I, you know, like somebody texted me the other day, a, a picture and I saw it, but I didn't really pay attention. She's like, did you look at it? And I was like, oh my gosh, no, I didn't. I didn't because my mind was somewhere else. Had she not said, hey, did you see that? She probably would have thought, oh, she didn't even care that I sent her that. You know, I want you to call me out. I want you to say, hey, you said you were going to call me back and you didn't. Okay, I'm sorry I didn't call you back. I'm working on that. That's a shortcoming that I have. Just being willing to hear people out so that they're not harboring anything against us. It's It makes better communication. And then you're not walking around wondering, why Why didn't she say hi to me? Why didn't this one? No. No. And And, and also, once you have Christ in your heart, and you know that the Holy Spirit is helping you, and you have some experience as a Christian, and you're a little more spiritual, mature, it is important that, you know, people who are not there may look at you like, oh, you're so judgmental. Oh, you're so, you know, high on the horse. You think you're better than other people. And, it, and it's not that, you know, like you, as a Christian, want to hold yourself to a higher standard. Yes. And again, sometimes people will tell on themselves and they'll be like, oh, well, maybe they'll reject you first and not give you a chance to reject them yes. because they're in a bad spot and they're yes. doing something and they're feeling ashamed and they're going to go ahead and reject you first ahead of time so that that's it. They got it over with, you know, I got to you first before you got to me and it has nothing to do with you. It has to do all with they're not ready to make changes in their lives. They've, or they've made decisions in their lives that mm -hmm. they don't want to change. And then you have to come to a point where you can't act judgmental. You can't be judgmental. It's the hard issue. And if you are spiritually mature, you answer in love. What does that mean? That you have to be kind 
and gentle. Use all the fruits of the Spirit. Have self-control. Be faithful. Have joy in your heart. Have peace. And again, use the warrior things that we have as Christians. You know, pray the word fast to whatever it is that their strongholds are and making them act out the way that they are. You have to be using between using all of the prayer and the word between using that and the fruits the of the spirit. Of warfare, right? Yes. Thank you. The weapons of warfare and the fruits of the spirit in combination. You got to let God do his thing. Sometimes we can't be the ones to sweep in and, and give the message or, or sweep Sometimes it's just a, a kind word. Or sometimes it's an action and, and sometimes it's just pulling back and praying. That is very powerful. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting that we've talked so much about others because I think that, I think as women, one of the number one things that devalue us is perhaps comparison, comparing ourselves to others who have more, they're skinnier, they're younger, they're prettier. They're more holy, quote unquote. They spend more time in the word. They seem to serve more. And that makes us feel bad about ourselves. But when we can turn that around and say, I want to be like that person. Like if you see an, somebody that has an attribute that you respect and love, then you can have, hey, would you be willing to mentor me? Because I see that this is your strength and I would like to grow in that area. That does take a lot of courage. And I think, you know, it, it all has to do with where we are in our journey and how much we're willing to open up and, and say, hey, I, I need a little bit more of that. I need a little bit more of what you're doing. Can you help me? I mean, it takes a, a humble spirit to be able to ask that. Right. Talk. Well, this was a great talk, Dr. Lydia. I hope that if you listen today, that you would know your value, that you would know that God is with you, that God is for you that he desires a relationship with you, that he gives you every gift. We have the same inheritance as believers as Christ, equal inheritance we are offered. And I hope that you will just sit today and recognize that you are beautifully created and formed in the image of God and that he loves you and cares for you. And we love you and care for you. And we hope that you will tune in next week for another Therapy Thursday. Thank you, Dr. Lydia. Thank you. Why don't we close out in prayer? Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you for Dr. Lydia. Thank you for her expertise, Lord. But more than that, I thank you for her heart, her heart to share your light with others. Father, we pray for the people that will hear this, hear this podcast. Lord, will you touch their hearts? Will you pour out into them mercy and love? May they feel your love and may they recognize that their value was paid for on Calvary's cross and decided, Lord, and the case is closed. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?